Happy President's Day, Denver. In for Schlereth and Evans this morning, here's Matt Smith and John Davis. Just fine before I met you. I drink too much and that's an issue, but I'm okay. Matt Smith and John Davis in for Mike and Mark. Thanks for locking in. Join in on the Ramoslaw.com text line 303-713-1043. Couple of people asking if we're getting back to the abs, talking about Kale Bakar having a rough, having a rough stretch here. We will get back to them. No question. Also, some interesting comments about Broncos ownership. We had asked a little bit earlier because it is President's Day. And happy President's Day, by the way, if you've got the day off. I hope you're going to enjoy it. And if you're on your way to work, I feel you there. Grinders, just like Johnny and I. But we had asked, who is your favorite portrayal of a president in film or television? Somebody said, hey, guys, I didn't hear Bill Pullman in Independence Day. You brought up Bill Pullman. That was the example. Yeah, that was the example yeah. of a fictitious president. Martin Sheen, clearly West Wing, right? That was another great option. Danny Glover in 2012, somebody said. <laughs> Kiefer, oh, wow. Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland, designated survivor. Samuel L. Jackson in Big Game. A lot of people play presidents. Meryl Streep in Don't Look Up. That's true. Oh, did you ever was, see that? I did. I did. That was a depressing film. It was because it hit 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 a little bit on the nose. Ensemble cast. <laughs> Christian Bale and Vice. I mean, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Was he was he president? No, he was, he was vice, vice president. president. Well, you know, you know, jury's still out on you know who was really running the show there. <laughs> All right, moving on. You brought up something to me during the break that I thought it was interesting that that it spoke to you. You said there was something I said last week about CU that that caught your ear. Yeah, um, you articulated this perfect. I've watched CU football my whole life. I watched him win the national title, Rashawn Cordell, all of that. You said last week, if it doesn't work now, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but the gist of it, if it doesn't work now, as it is with CU, and I, I can't remember if you meant this year or not, but you said if it doesn't work now with what they've got going now, it's never going to work. And I agree. Yeah, so this is something that I've been thinking about here lately, certainly, as we gear up for what is a massive season ahead for CU football with real expectation. And Prime knows that. He's, he's been on record numerous times saying that last year, last year was the hope year, right? They were resuscitating a dead program. For all intents and purposes, he had a free pass last year. Compared to what he took over, CU was one of the, you could make the argument, it was the worst Division One program of all time. Them and CSU the previous year were like literally ranked the two worst it was terrible. in the entire college It was football. terrible. And even CSU won a couple of games there at the end of the year. CU was egregiously bad well, and, for two seasons in a row. And it felt toxic. It was toxic. It was toxic. It and was that was toxic. the other problem. Right. So basically, it was a free pass last year. I mean, clearly... The way they started generating all the hype, it was a lot of fun. And then they lost 8-9. It was brutal down the, back, the home stretch. We, we, we watched. We all know what happened. Well, I've been thinking about this. And obviously, I've been covering the program since 2011. You know, I've been in Boulder the majority of my life. But I'll just say, it has occurred to me. If it doesn't work this year, and when I say work, what do I mean? I mean seven, eight wins. I'm not asking for a college football playoff. I mean, do I think they have the potential where maybe they get hot and go on a run? Yeah, I actually do. There's there's significantly more talent in the program this year than there was last year. There's a path to make it happen. I'm not predicting it. Right. I'm, that's not what my point is. Right. What I'm saying is if they want to make football work, 
at CU. Okay. Seven, eight wins. You will never, you will, if you do not get there this year, you will never bring in more talent than what Dion has brought in, especially in this new era of college football. You'll never get this type of, you may legitimately have two top five picks in the next NFL draft in 2025 with Shadour and Travis Hunter. You may very well. Those guys right now, even Field Yates said at Super Bowl week, those guys could go one and two. Lowest he could see them going is top 10. The lowest, okay? So not only do you have that, but we're talking about the NIL era, the transfer portal era, where if you're a starter, a good player, and you're transferring schools, you're getting a big check. The one thing that CU doesn't have is the budget that in Alabama, the Michigan, the Georgia, all those, Ohio State, all those big schools, CU doesn't have that type of NIL backing. What they have is prime. And for some kids, not for all of them, prime covers the gap where, hey, I'll take a couple hundred grand to come to CU versus the million I could get at Ohio State, but I've got Dion, And Dion is that pull. Now, before Prime got hired, I remember some of the names we were talking about. Bronco Mendenhall was a name, right? We were, we were looking at some of the hotter assistants around the country. But the truth is, those guys are going to come in to see you as they always have and use it as a leapfrog to another job. Yep. It's, it, 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 it is quite literally a lily pad. It's a jumping off point. You come in, you have some modicum of success, and somebody plucks you away. Look at Mel Tucker in Michigan State. We literally have an example of that. Who was it before? The, the dude we got, what did we get him from? San Jose State? Mike McIntyre. Mike McIntyre was he another got fired. One. He got fired, though. Oh, okay. You know, it was, they, yeah, it was, that one was a little bit different. But that's typically, especially in this world of college football, where it's about how fast you can climb the ladder. That's how it goes around the country if you're not one of the elite programs. Oh, I was saying uh, McIlwain at CSU. Exactly. He got him ranked. He got him hot. He was gone before the bowl game. We've always thought of, you know, Denver as the flyover state, right, for, like, professional athletes and big free agent signings. Well, for college football, these programs are just small enough to be the perfect lily pads, but also just big enough to be at least on the main stage. So if you can't get a winning season this year, you're never getting a better quarterback than Shador. Okay, that's number one. You can make the argument right now that he's the best quarterback to have ever played for CU. Oh, I, I believe so. In my lifetime, best pure quarterback. Cordell was great, but Cordell did, did a lot of things. That would be the Sh- only other guy. Sh- yeah, Shador is the best pure quarterback. Yeah, Cordell is the only one, um, and I love Cordell. Cordell was great. But, yeah, Cordell's the only one that you could put in the argument with Shador. You'll never get a better quarterback. I don't think you're ever going to compete talent-wise because of prime leaves. Then your NIL poll goes away. It was interesting. There was a four-star commit that was coming to see you. He ended up decommitting. His name was Aaron Butler. He's going to Arizona. But his dad, Rob Davon Butler, was a pro safety. And he said, no, we didn't leave because of money. If you want to go anywhere for NIL, and this is is the parent of a child who decommitted from CU. He said, if you want to go anywhere across the country, CU is quite literally your number one opportunity for NIL earning under Prime. If it don't work, man, I'm just telling you, I'm not sure football at CU will ever really work. Because, John, you're, what happened in 2016? In 2016, when they won the Pac-12 South, they had 27 seniors. That was Mike McIntyre's very first recruiting class. You will be hard-pressed ever to find a college graduating class that has 27 kids in it now because of the transfer portal. You can go anywhere you want. 
I'm just here to tell you, and you can disagree with me. I've heard people go, oh, you're negative. Maybe. I'm not expecting, nor am I rooting for it. What I am saying by bringing all of this up, and the reason why I brought it up last week, the pressure on them to win this year is more than you think. It's more than you think. Because let's just say, with Shadur, he stays healthy. They go four or five wins. Well, you then go to the number one quarterback in 2025 or the you know transfer guy. John, when you put up, hey, well, if Prime couldn't do it with Shadur, who's about to be a top 10 pick in the draft, why would I think that he could do it with me? Why would Colorado be on my radar? Well, the only other reason is money, but they don't have it. They don't have it. And, and the thing is, too, and this will matter, Shador is a top 10 pick in the NFL. That's also prime son. Am I going to get that type of – I think that's a legitimate question, and I'm not saying Dion isn't capable of giving that much attention to the next quarterback. I think it's just a legitimate question to ask about that. But, no, I, I agree with you. I think it's eight wins. I think anything less than eight wins is is a uh, is very disappointing for CU this year. I think it has to be eight wins, and I get that that's doubling. They've get, they've got some things that they have to drastically improve on out there in Boulder. And I'm with you. If it doesn't work, if not now, then when? What are you going to do that draws that much more attention to CU? The biggest selling point is Prime. And yes, you can get that NIL money. But the other thing is not nearly what you're going to get not, anywhere else. Not so. what you're going to get everywhere else. But it is also. Look at what look at the ratings for when we played CSU. Mm-hmm. We are two unranked teams there in the Mountain West. Right. Giannis tweeted about it right. at two AM right. this time. Right. Eastern time. <laughs> exactly. And, and he prefaced it with I don't watch football yeah. <laughs> and well, tweeted about you'll it. You'll never have more eyes on the program now. And it's a it, it reminds me a little it's getting a little Russell esque. You come in, you puff your chest out to the clouds, and if you fall short of expectation. Now that there's actually real expectation on, on your shoulders, there are not too many second chances here. You're, maybe with Dion another year, you'll be able to pull some kids. But don't think right now, if he can't make this group work, that there's a reason to believe he can make a group with less experienced guys and, and maybe more high school seniors, incoming freshmen, make that work and turn it and convert it into a winning team. So I'll just say the pressure on him this year may be more than any coach in the country. It, it could be. And, Probably and, more than any coach in the country. More than any other coach. And, and I'm going to actually go back to a tweet you had this year, too. I want to know what you think about this. Okay. For one, I am a huge – I want Dion to succeed here. I am. I, I love the attention. I love that college football matters here. Again, look, you get Wu-Tang on the sideline, I'm all in. I'm, I'm, I'm going with the everywhere. But it felt like at points last year, the opponent looked at the Colorado coaching staff, which has changes, and thought, I'm not sure they have any idea what they're doing over mm. there. 100%. I mean, I think that's what a lot of people out there are thinking. And when you come out and you have – a you know fashion show the day before the spring game, you're all all he's doing, and it's not like this is foreign territory for him. He's been dealing with criticism his entire life, and he's fine with it, right? And he doesn't care what you think. He doesn't care what yeah. I think. <laughs> I'm sure he's not going to be happy to see me when he's got to see me. You're coming up for spring ball. Point is, is is all you're doing is loading up the train full of fuel for people who are rooting for you to fail. And just waiting for this not to work. And it's all going to come crashing at his doorstep. So just understand, there is a lot of pressure here. Oh, it's You're it's not getting huge. too many second chances at CU. And you give all those other programs that you are recruiting against, if you don't do well this year, oh, you fodder. give them so much to just say, look, look, 
do you want to play football or do you want to do something else? So, no, uh, maybe more pressure than any other coach in the state is Dion this Country, year. my opinion. Yeah, country. My opinion, <laughs> yeah, honestly. All right, on the other side, maybe Kalen DeBoer because he's got to fill Nick Saban's shoes, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Prime is going to be right in the limelight. On the other side, the Nuggets, they're struggling a little bit right now. And at the All-Star break, they get a chance to rest. What do we expect from them off the other side of the break? That's next. Happy President's Day, Denver. In for Schlereth and Evans this morning, here's Matt Smith and John Davis. Happy President's Day. Matt Smith and John Davis. In for Mike and Mark today. Boys will be back tomorrow. Everybody on the station actually a day off today. No question about it. Oh, I love this. I love this. How about this? Sanders' son is not a top 10 pick, let alone an NFL quarterback from Kevin and Parker on the Ramoslaw.com text line. Okay. Uh, go ahead and look at WalterFootball.com, the mock draft for 2025 right now. Shador Sanders' number one overall pick off the board to the Tennessee Titans. What was that touchdown-interception ratio last year? 37-3 uh, to three through the air, 31-3 to three all told together with rushing touchdowns. So Shador's number one and projected number four, Travis Hunter. So, with his football IQ, his physical capabilities, yeah. and what he's already done, he's top ten. Shador wouldn't – Sanders wouldn't start for any other college. The only reason that dude starts being as soft as he is because his daddy is running the show. He wouldn't start Those for Those kids are the <laughs> definition of milk toast. Oh, buddy. You Look, have missed the boat. All right, all right. I don't want to get too bogged down. No, I'll say you. it's just watch Shador. Yeah. Without bias, just watch him. Yeah. He's fantastic. Imagine his last name was, uh, I don't know, you pick. Yeah, Smith, I'm, Davis, and then go watch him and tell me what you see. Like, I'm a CSU guy. Yeah. Uh, so. A lot of people have, a lot of people do struggle, though, because obviously with the offensive line that they had last year, he's running for his life. Now, does he have things he needs to work on? Yeah, he's got to speed things up. He's got to do a better job of making quicker decisions. But we did find out a little bit this offseason as to why he struggled with some of that. He talked about a lot of choice routes being used in Sean Lewis's offense. Yep. And with Pat Shermer, he said, look, I, I need to know where I'm going. I don't, want, I don't want to trust these receivers that I really don't know all that well. And they're college receivers – to be the ones that are dictating what we do with our offense. And he's a spot thrower. He's an anticipatory <laughs> yeah, thrower. Yeah, yes. So that matters yeah, for him. Yeah. All right, move, moving along. All right, real quick. That made me feel really good about my Rockies take earlier, by the way. Oh, good. Okay, well, there, there go. are so many other go. people that came to <laughs> dunk go. on you about your Rockies takes. I just said, you know what? Dante's a good guy. You're not a clown, as that one texter put it. Because you remember that one texter called you a clown? Yeah, it, no, I, I do remember. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes, I do remember. Okay, okay. I, do I just didn't know if you forgot yes. that. So, I, But again, I wouldn't do that to you twice. I did it to you once. I wouldn't do that to you again. Um, I did want to bring up the Nuggets, though. Three-game losing streak heading into the break, John. Compared to what we saw last year, it feels like this Nuggets team, and, and Michael Malone alluded to it, right? And actually, do I, do I have that? I think I actually do have that. Let's listen to this real quick on... Um, on Michael Malone. Actually, I can't find that. But my point is, is that, oh, no, here we are. Here we are. Sorry about that. This is what Michael Malone talked about defending champions. I think he addressed it quite well. Jamal and I were talking about it today. This is the first time we're going through it. You know, I think Golden State went through it, you know, four times. Um, you know, Pop and San Antonio, they went through it a bunch of times. Well, this is, you can talk. You can talk to people. How hard is it? But you got to walk that. You got to go through it yourself to really understand it. And we played into June. And our guys that were here last year are definitely physically, mentally, and emotionally worn out. Played a lot of basketball. And so I think getting away, I feel bad for Nicola. You know, he's got to go to Indianapolis, and uh, hopefully he can find a way to just 
rest is mine, but uh, I'm hoping that this break allows everybody to come back rejuvenated. I think he said it perfectly. Yeah. I mean, he, he was open. He was honest. We played a lot of ball last year. We had a short off season, And then guess what? Nine months later, they're through damn near 60 games already of this season. Jokic has had a lot on his shoulders. Murray's been banged up. KCP's missed time. Aaron Gordon's missed some time. Heck, you know, Michael Porter Jr., to his credit, I think the game against Sacramento was his first, was his first missed game of the year. Which is great, but in the flip side, too, he's got to be worn down. Right. Th- that's a lot of basketball. And he had to play different roles when Jamal was hurt, too. So he's been all over. Uh, no, I like the candor from Michael Malone. Basketball more than, I think, any other sport from what I see postseason and experience and going through that seems to matter. Like, you look at the Kings were better than the Warriors last year, but the Warriors beat them because of that postseason experience. And it's one of those for Malone to say, hey, this is our first time going through it. Um, I, I, I appreciate what he said. I do agree with it. Unlike the Avalanche, I think this Nuggets team has a switch. When they're held, like if they've got the starting five, they've got a switch that says, "Okay, we're about to show you guys how good we really are." Mm-hmm. And I don't see that from the Avalanche with the Nuggets. You saw it in Boston. You saw it when Steve Kerr decided to talk to Jokic from half court. You saw it when they played that Lakers game. They've got an edge to them that allows them to be like, oh, "Okay, we're about to show you guys how bad we really are." If healthy, I agree with you. If healthy, if healthy, I agree with you. If healthy, I, I I see a lot of what I saw from the Avs last season in this version of the Nuggets. Right, trying to repeat as champions, you've got the target on your back. You are going to get everybody's best shot. Be it the worst team in the league, be it a playoff team, be it the you know a, another contender. Everybody will look at you as a litmus test to see how far along they are. It's going to be more of a grind in the regular season. And and certainly, they were dominant in the playoffs last year. It's not going to be as dominant if they go on a run this year. So I, what I do notice, though, is I, I always look at it like this. How, do, how can you tell, in my opinion, who the champion favorite heading into any playoff in any sport should be looked at? When everybody plays their A game, who's the best? And last year, when the Nuggets had their A game, didn't really matter who they played, other playoff teams, they would blow you out of the water. Blow you out of the water. This year, their A game against really good teams has resulted in closer wins, tight-fought wins, right? We saw what happened against the Lakers. I mean, they went on a 10-0 run with two minutes and 18 seconds left in the fourth quarter to pull away. Yeah, the Lakers had all the momentum, and then the Nuggets just... I mean, just demoralized them. And and before that, the Monday against Milwaukee, very similar, right? I mean, they controlled the majority, but that was a closer game too. So I don't expect you to blow every team out every single night, but I do look at overall body of work in the season. What what does A-level Nuggets basketball look like this year compared to last year? That's a great question. Um, I think they're comfortable winning from anywhere. And I think that's what helps them out. Uh, you look at the team right now that's the best in all of sports is the Kansas City Chiefs. They don't front run. They'll beat you from behind. They'll beat you in a close game. I see more of that with the Nuggets now. For one, you are getting a better shot from everybody. That 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 is very true. The other thing is their opponents last year, Oklahoma City is significantly better mm-hmm. than they were last year. Yeah. The Clippers, I don't know how those old bodies hold up come playoff time <laughs> yeah. with the Clippers. And... And Minnesota is the same team, but more experienced. They've they've gone through that now. That's a big thing. I think there's been a step up in the West in general. The Nuggets are tired. What does an A game look like from the Denver Nuggets at this point? 
I think it results in them winning whichever way they win. They don't care how they win. No. They don't care if they blow you out. Yeah. They just know that when they're cooking, they're going to take down whoever. I think they've got that confidence. They've just got to get – they've they've they have to get rested. Also, KCP's hamstring yeah. is a concern. But. Yeah, again, I think health and durability overall of the group. I would just say – I've, oh, who did I forget? The Phoenix Suns? Yeah, don't worry about Dante. Don't worry about that. We've already heard from Dante uh, and his uh, whack crackpot theories yeah, already uh, enough yeah, today. Forget, yeah. uh, but my point is this, is that you have less margin for error this year in, in a real Big way. Time. In a real way. And there are red flags, okay? I still feel really good about them if all healthy. I'm wondering if that's the version of them that we see. Now, there's another element to this that's different from last year. Very similar to the way the Avs won the division. All-out push at the end of the regular season for seeding. I mean, by the time they got to playoffs, they were gassed. I mean, they gassed themselves out. Last year's Nuggets, shoot, they had the Western Conference wrapped up by the Shotgun Willies game with John ja Moran, right? Well, they got bored at the end. Of the, the Nuggets were bored they coast, at the end of they last coasted. year. They I were think, waiting for the playoffs. I think they finished like 18 and 13. Yeah, yeah. And, and so... All, all I'll say is that's not the way it'll happen this year. I mean, no. you are in a dogfight for seeding. The West is stacked up tight. So not only, as Michael Malone mentioned the other night after Sacramento, are you really not going to be able to just ease your way back into it after the All-Star break? you got to hit the ground running. And if we need a great example of that, just look at what happened to the Avs last week. Trying to ease into things, and they got smacked in the teeth on the road against good teams. The Nuggets, they, they'll, they'll have to tighten things back up here and, and start to really build some continuity throughout the lineup. I don't know if it's going to happen because they are relying on younger guys off the bench more than they were last year to replace Brown and Green. And I, I, I just, I'll just say it's not last year's Nuggets. This year's team has a much smaller margin for error. But if you're healthy, I like their chance against anybody. Yeah, they're they're going to have to. It's going to have to be when they're healthy and when they're on, their ceiling is higher. Mm -hmm. They're just going to have to be there a little bit more often, specifically if they run into OKC. Yeah. OKC's defense, it's like, is there six guys out there? (laughs) They're just so young. It's like, where do you have all this energy? Dante, did you have something you wanted to add? Okay, you, you, Phoenix, our resident oh, Phoenix no, Sun fan. I just Dante, said John missed the team when he was by, uh, saying bias, how competitive the West is. Bias. I I, I think I was more bias. I was alluding to teams. That, I was alluding to teams that got better. That's okay. That's well. I would. Phoenix is supposed to have gotten better. Yeah, I would include Phoenix. Is Phoenix better? Yes, they are better. They're better one through three, and now they're better one through eight because of the deadline. Um, oh, yeah, they had some part of the deadline, deadline, part of offseason. I mean, bringing Grayson Allen was a big pickup. He's the best role player in the NBA this season. Wait, sorry? He's the best role player in the NBA this season? Uh, what metric is that judged by? My own metric. Oh, okay. okay. okay, okay, okay. Lee, I, so you could just say, in my opinion, Grayson Allen is the best role player in the NBA. Yeah, well, okay. Making, he leads, making that definitive of a statement is on par with your Rockies. No, he leads the NBA in three point percentage. Impressive stuff. He's shooting almost 50% from third. That's impressive. No question. I mean, did, are they getting more out of him than I thought? I just wanted to make sure we we were measuring that by the same metric. Oh, what's your standard? Who's, who's I, your I don't have a standard player? because I don't come out and say that he's the best role Tony, player in the NBA. Tony Kukoc <laughs> is, is my example exactly. of a role player. Yeah. Ron, Ron Harper. About the Nuggets bench, yeah. though. Fat uh, lever. It's, I just think it, it got to a point. Reggie Jackson needs to get more like he was at the beginning of the year. 
He's been he's played a lot though. That's and, the and thing. That, that's hard part. They put a lot of minutes on him. They're already. relying on him a lot, and he he was a guy you talk about the starting five. He got real gassed yes. here at the end. So. Yeah, and he was limping off the court and stuff like yeah. that. They, they're going to have to get him healthy, and hopefully this week off for most of the guys outside of Nicola allows them to do that. We'll have our eyes on the Nuggets as they come back um, from the All Star break again. Three game losing streak into the break. Not great vibes. They come back out. At least they get the Timberwolves at home. National television game. And that is on. That's next week. Or no, no, no. Excuse me. That's not. I'm looking at the wrong end of the schedule. It's the Wizards. They get the the, Wizards at 7. And the Blazers. Yeah, they get the Wizards at 7. And that is, what, 19th, 20th, Thursday. So Thursday. They're back in action Thursday. Ooh, they got a back-to-back. They play Washington. Then they're on the road at Portland. A couple days off. They go to Golden State. Another one against Sacramento, Miami. The Lakers, Phoenix, doesn't get any easier, John. It's supposed to keep getting easier for the Nuggets. Everybody's like, oh, the back-to-backs will be done, and then right. their schedule's lighter, and then That's I right. see the schedule, I'm like, none of this is true. None of this is easier. <laughs> Matt Smith and John Davis, Denver Sports Station, 104 through the fan. Here's Schlereth and Evans with What's Trending right now. Trending. Matt Smith and John Davis in for Mike and Mark this morning. Happy Monday. Happy President's Day. It's a holiday around here, so everybody's off. All right, John, uh, 60 seconds. All right, I got 60 seconds on the clock. We're going to try this out. Earlier in the show, and I think we opened it up with this. I'm going to put you. Oh, no. I'm going to put you. I'm going to put you on the spot. You don't have a choice. You have a choice. 60 seconds. As many presidents as you can name. Dude, 60 seconds is so long. 60 seconds. It's, go. It's. Uh, Time's ticking. Biden, Trump, Bush, Clinton, uh, the other George Bush, okay. Ronald Reagan, Jimmy Carter, Richard Nixon, John Adams, John Quincy Adams, Abraham Lincoln, uh, Taft, what's his first name? <laughs> okay, William Howard. Yes. William Howard. Did I say George Washington yet? Sure. Yeah, I did. Um, McKinley, Van Buren. Mm. Am I? Am I? Uh, Thirty seconds. Am I, oh, Van Buren. Oh man. Now, see, th- dude, I'm doing this on. You're wasting time. I, I'm wasting time. At John F. Kennedy. Yep. Um, there's. Uh, d- d- I'm, I'm done. My mind is all over the Bam, place. Forty seconds. You got one, two, three, like four, 15, five, 10. six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. In 30 seconds. In 30 seconds. So if I if I wouldn't have had the pressure, plus, I want to be clear, Matt did not warn me that no. he was going to be doing that. <laughs> but that's the point. <laughs> so. It's how many presidents can you name in 60 seconds right off the hop. That was good. Not bad. That's not, not bad. Yeah, not you the, hit a wall, yeah, but not I, bad. I, but I'm sure some people are listening. Could like, you have done better, Dante? Uh, I'm not a president's guy. Okay. I'm a geography guy, but the president's... You know what I, else you're not? Yeah. You're not a baseball guy because we heard your Rocky Six. <laughs> I'm, I'm the most kidding. baseball guy here. here. I know. I agree with you. I'm just messing around. All right. First up... Wait, I, I'll bet you... I'll bet the text line somehow that the Rockies don't lose 100 games this year. You'll well, bet the you text get, line? Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to do this? I'll bet the text line. So I'll just say, you have access to the text line. Feel free to contact individually each of these texters... That came in to call you a clown about your Rocky stuff. I want to bet them as a whole, though. I don't Don, know how Dante's going to getting together with all these random people and having a pizza party Dante's you know, that a, you're uh, going to throw at the end of the year. There's going to be a class, action, a class action lawsuit against Dante. Can I tell, <laughs> can I tell the people what's trending? Can I do that, yes. please? All right. First up, this was uh, Adam Silver last night. And remember, folks, there was a concerted effort over the last 12 months by the NBA to make the All-Star game more competitive. They were demanding 
that it not be the layup line dunk contest three-point shootout that it has resorted to over the last few years and it ended up being a 397 point total game john where we had one team eclipse the 200 200. point mark for the first time in all-star history 211 points 211 to 186 here was adam silver listen to how thrilled he was and how (laughs) proud he is of the product that they put out and to the eastern conference all-stars you scored the most points. Well, congratulations. <laughs> well, congratulations. All right, so <clears throat> I brought up a little bit earlier that there was some new information that I had seen just this morning while we are doing the show. Right, right, yeah. So Sam Amick of The Athletic, very good basketball writer. He's been doing it a long time. He brought up the concept, and he spoke with the All-Stars after the game last night about how do they make this more competitive? How do we revive the All-Star game? And I think this is interesting. He said, but here's the uncomfortable truth. It wasn't just the fans rolling their eyes or even Adam Silver. Team executives who are on hand groused about the continued struggles on the front with pressure building yet again to find answers going forward. In this season in which the league's inaugural in-season tournament paid players of the winning team 500 grand a piece, that may be the only way to fix this problem. This, apparently, is the pay-for-play era. Even if the league already has players topping the $50 million per year mark in annual salary and a seven-figure minimum $1.1 million vet min in the NBA, as one league source shared afterwards, when the players had talked privately about why they'd chosen this tough-to-watch style of play, the in-season tournament set the kind of precedent that won't be forgotten anytime soon. That's a good point. It was the in-season if that's the example they're using. But those games, other than the championship, those games still counted. Can I just say something? What's that? If 500 grand a piece yeah, is all it's going to take, let's play. I mean, one sponsor, two sponsors. I mean, let's slap it together and let's it, go. It, it, the NBA has an extra, what is that, 10 million or whatever they need. They they can, like, if, if yeah, if it's only $500,000 that'll get this going, I still don't think that's going to do anything. No, me neither. No, me neither. I, 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 I think it may it, do something for the younger guys, just the older ones. What's that What's that going to do for LeBron? Well, it's the all-star game. You're not getting Julian Strother out there in the <laughs> I miss, all-star game. I miss Kobe, man. To, to Kobe me. wouldn't settle for that crap. When, when Kobe retired, the all-star game kind of lost its real competitive nature. That, like, there's just no straight-up killer who's just like, no, we're playing. Yeah. Get with it. I think, yeah, it just it's a game that doesn't matter. These guys, We just talked about how tired everybody is. Right. I don't know if you're going to ever get – you can't make them play a certain way. And you can try to shame them like Adam Silver did. Yeah. They didn't care. They're loading their private jet to go on vacation. But, hey, but to your point, try it. 500000 apiece. Try it. See what happens. couple million for the dunk contest winner, and let's get some real yeah. NBA players back yeah. in the dunk contest. Please, 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 please. Andrew Cogliano on last night's avalanche win, 4-3 over Arizona. Is it maybe hard to keep a rhythm when there's that many stoppages like that? Yeah, I think you guys get out of the game, but I think tonight we had no choice but to stay in it for full 60 and, and grind and, and fight for a win. We needed a much, uh, you know, win tonight, so that was important for us. Weird game. Weird game. Yes. Three goal challenges, a couple of goals taken off of the board. And again, they're talking about it was a bizarre game. There were some long reviews. And the Avs were in a dogfight with Arizona. You know, a desert dogfight, you might say. Shout out Dante. Point is, shout out Desert Dogs. Who, by the way, 
I just heard news with the, with the Arizona Coyotes. More problems now. Now the players' union is upset with the new location that they've picked for the land. I think Arizona's going to end up in Utah next year. I think it's going to be the Salt Lake Coyotes next season. We'll see. I don't know about next year, but eventually, yes. Ah, it might be next year. might be next year. I know. It's not It's not good news. I think there will be a team back in Arizona eventually. Point is, different different topic for a different day. <laughs> <laughs> Where do the Coyotes play next year? We'll do That's that next. on the other side. Point, point, point is... This was an important win for the Avs because things haven't been going swimmingly. The game wasn't smooth. It wasn't like you had a big lead at any point. No, you were you were in a very good back-and-forth hockey game. You may not have Landeskog with that type of leadership in the locker room, but you do have Cogliano, who had a good game, who's been playing well here of late. You do have Jack Johnson. Two points last night, a goal and assist. He was great. You do have newly added Zach Parise. You do have Ryan Johansson you can use to trade for a bag of pucks. There's a lot There's a lot of veteran leadership, but the problem is if the Avs want to be that top caliber, you know, cup contending team, guys like Makar and Taves, this has been one of their, you know, quote unquote, and I don't want to say this too loud, but I know Makar's production is impressive, but almost defensively down year. Like they're just, they haven't been as dominant as we've seen in the past. Now, it hurts not having Nachushkin or Landeskog to help on the back check, but the point is, if the Avs want to eclipse where they want to go, I mean, those guys got to be better. They did. It happened last night. I think it happened in the Tampa Bay game. They're they're trying to clear the puck out in front of the net, and it's just somebody's not in the right spot. Right. It, it, and it, it's it's happening to be a trend, kind of over and over again. It's just defensively in general. It, I don't know if lack of discipline is the right way to put it, but there's just if you're playing the Avalanche, I feel the strategy going in is. Just give it some time. They'll have a defensive mishap at some point, and the goaltending can't make up for it. So we'll take advantage of that. Or let's get them early. Let's get out early, make them come back. That's the other part. Coming from behind is not a strategy. They got too lucky for too long this year having that work. Um, Last night's win was good in the sense they faced some adversity. They did against Tampa Bay, and then they kind of squandered it when they came back against it. They faced some adversity against kind of the continual mistakes they've made. But they got by on just supreme talent for too long this yeah. year and didn't really – kind of like the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, at some point, it, it Bill comes to yeah, Bill comes exactly. due. That's the, that's the phrase that Kyle and I have been using on our Sunday show, 7 to 10 a.m. Bill comes due. They were winning unsustainably, and eventually it was going to catch up to them. Now, let's hope that with this win, back in the win column, and we just brought up McCarr. He was a minus five on the road trip. That is not very Kale-like, okay, that at all. With the Avs, you've got Vancouver, who's in the West, by the way, on Tuesday. Then you go to Detroit Thursday. You've got Toronto back here at home on Saturday. Then next Tuesday, you host Dallas. Really, really big week upcoming for the Avalanche. On the other side, it is President's Day. And as a result, I know a lot of you have a day off. Well, there's a bunch of sports on today, and we'll let you know what you need to be watching next. Happy President's Day, Denver. In for Schlereth and Evans this morning, here's Matt Smith and John Davis. Ah, happy Monday. Happy President's Day. You know, there are some sports to watch during the day today. I know a lot of you have the day off. Some of you don't. But if you do have the day off, hockey all day long. Unfortunately, no abs today. Buffalo and Anaheim this morning. Dallas and Boston. That's a good one. Mm. Leafs and Blues. By the way, do you see our resident number one sports villain, you know, guy who I, if I really shared my 
feelings on him, I'd be fired immediately. Jordan Bennington, did you see what he did? I, he, he, the, the dude was coming around the net, and, and he, he just literally right in his face. And he literally stuck his goal stick out so the butt end of it would hit Luke Evangelista from Nashville in the face. And it was like, wasn't the game, it was like the end of the game. It was 5-2 to two with 30 seconds left, yeah, and he speared a dude in the face. Sorry, Benner. And he didn't get suspended, by the way, just a fine. It's hate a deliberate. That, hate that guy. Yeah. Hate that guy. I did see that. It's, it's deliberate. that guy. It's assault with a weapon. In there. Ed, Edmonton that. plays Arizona. Oof. Ooh. Arizona's got to do Colorado and Edmonton back to back. Yikes. They, hey, yikes. Hey, how is McKinnon? Good. Okay, McDavid. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Back, exactly. you got, okay, you got about nine hours to so you got McDavid. A little so. later today, number 10 ranked uh, Iowa State against number three Houston, Virginia, and Virginia Tech today as well. well. Let's get a couple of texts here on the way out the door from the Ramoslaw.com text line. Final score tomorrow. Somebody says Vancouver five Avs two. I hope not, but look, Vancouver is the best team in the West right now. They're probably the most surprised team in hockey this year. But okay, so let's look at that game. Yeah. And and I look at it. The Nuggets are better than the Avalanche, for one, as far as which of those two teams is better. But what happened this year when the Nuggets had that statement game at Boston? Nobody had won in Boston and all that. The Nuggets went in there, and they stepped up, and they won it. Let's see the Avalanche go out and make a statement after everything that's been going on and get a win against against one of the best teams in the league. Somebody says about Shadur taking sacks to preserve his numbers. Uh, Nah, that really wasn't what happened. And, And at first, I started to question that myself because he did not throw a ball away, and this is true, last year. Until the USC game. What was that game? Week five. Five? Five. five. Seriously, the first time he threw a ball away was week five. Well, part of the reason was at Jackson State, he could get away with that. He could get away with just running all over and making a play. He learned his lesson, though. (laughs) I It had been been working up to that. And also, the UCLA game, he didn't have time to throw the ball away. He didn't have time to do anything. That's my point. He had a fractured back at the end of the year. He had the shoulder. He had the ankle. He learned that lesson. No uh, no question. uh, No quarterbacks getting hit in lieu of something else. How about this one? This is really good. Dante, you're going to like this one a lot. Dante Gomez, not the only clowns today, by the way. Matt and John, you two are in that club, too. I figured, you know. I just wanted to share that with you, that you're not the only well, one taking barbs. Which oh, I of, appreciate it. We all have yeah. our little red noses on. Yeah, yeah which, exactly. Which, which of my dumb takes made <laughs> him say that? Here's another texter in response to Dante saying he wanted to bet the whole text line. Dante can get 100 as a tramp stamp if they do lose 100 games. So there you go. You don't necessarily have to bet the text line, but 100 right on the small of your back if it happens again. What do you think? I mean, I need, you know. Do you have any, tats? Do you have any tats? I don't have any tats. All right, well. The first time, they always say, there's nothing like your first time. You never forget it, yeah. right, John? Yeah, with the tattoos. I think I would need well, some, uh, some know. compensation on the other end. <laughs> okay, well, I'm just saying. Come on, guys. Shadur Sanders is good. But if his, but if he was the number one overall pick good, he would have at least willed the Buffaloes to a few more victories last year. It's not how college football works. How is Wyoming under Josh Allen? No. How is Texas Tech under How is Stanford Mahomes? under John Elway? It's, 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 yeah, it's not how college football works. Yeah. Oh, this is a good one. J.D. and Firestone, all week, or all morning long, rather, we've been asking the texters for your best portrayal of an American president in film or television. Mm-hmm. We haven't heard this one yet from J.D. and Firestone. Best president ever, Kevin James and Pixels. <laughs> what is, I never even saw Pixels, it. What is Pixels? It was like where Pac-Man came to life, oh, that Adam Sandler that. movie. Kevin yeah. James is press. I guess you mean, so. You mean the guy who played Sean Payton? Yeah, I guess so. I guess <laughs> the guy so. Who portrayed Sean Payton in a Netflix movie? I guess so. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is Abe Lincoln. More of those. 
Uh, Terry Crews, we've heard that one. We've heard the Harrison Ford. It's odd. There's not. Oh, Gene Hackman, welcome to Mooseport. Oh, okay. That's a new one. It's uh, That's the thing is you would think like, oh, let me think of the best. There's not as many iconic performances. Ooh, this is, Ooh. I got another good one. Daryl in the office in Threat Level Midnight, which is a joke only for people oh. who know The Office. Okay. okay, so okay. You know the office. That's a deep cut. Yeah, that yeah. is a very deep cut. There's a deep cut. Oh, interesting. In response to our conversation about Broncos ownership, the learning on the job thing is old. He's learning while the season ticket holders are paying for him to screw up. Again, again, please, I would love to know the examples of where Broncos ownership in the last year and a half have screwed up. Right. What if they, what, what was a directive from them? Sean Payton, you think, that would be the that, only that one. That would be the only one. And I don't think that was a bad move. No, no. I, I don't think you are going to get somebody at pick 27. That's that's is going to affect your franchise as much as Sean Payton did. Here's my problem with what you just said about ownership. Penner is letting football people run it. This team needs to dump vets, talent, and contracts and reset where it's built up from the ground level. Football guys won't accept that. A business guy should recognize it's time to slash and burn. Well, that may happen. Exactly. The, 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 I mean, it's February. Although, it's- texter, texter, Broncos fans aren't going to be happy with me saying this. I tend to agree. Uh, no, I agree. I, I think they need to... To, to, to pare down, because it's been the Band-Aid gang. I, I would rather watch a two-to-five-win a two to, a, a two to five win team Oof. building Careful. up... They're going to come after you with the they, TV they are, torches here. ...than a team that's eight and nine, and we just keep down that path. It's. It, I'll say this forever. Winning and contending are two different things. The Broncos need to learn to become a contender, not try to get these Vic Fangio. When Vic Fangio went 3-0 and in his last year, did anybody think they were a contender? No. No. no it it no. was empty. Don't do that. Find out what you got to do, and you got to start from the ground up, build a winner, start with the quarterback. How about this one? Here's, here's a good one for Dante. Dude, I'm a 50-year-old Colorado native. There is nothing being run right with the Rockies. Dude, the Diamondbacks were just in the World Series. What are you talking about, Dante? <laughs> They're using your own your own team against you. Uh, oh wait wait wait! Here's a new one. Here's a new one for why the Rockies aren't any good. You all are the reason we suck. The reason we'll never get better. The reason Dick doesn't want to put any money into the team. See, that's where you're wrong, Texter. He does. He does spend. He, he, he just spend spends on, in the wrong spot. Yeah, he spent on Tulo. He spent on Nolan. He, he spent, spent on Chris on, Bryant. Chris Bryant. <laughs> He spends money. I forget about Chris Bryant. Of course, we all do. I mean, it's unbelievable. But they, they, they have spent in the past. It's, it and just to, doesn't work. And, Dante, to your comment about how it would be hard to lose 100 games back-to-back, trust me, the Rockies are up for the challenge. Yeah, if there's anybody them, that can do it. It took them 20 years to do it once. Hey, man. Hey, man. Look, I'm just saying, you already now they've got experience doing it. See, yeah, that's now, the thing. it's it's is like now was, you know now you're a veteran at losing 100 games. It's like the Nuggets. Now they know what it takes to get there. The Rockies are the Rockies now. How know. about this one? The other expansion teams lost a hundred games decades ago and got better. The Rockies keep getting worse. So to your point, and I think this is the most valid argument yet, was last year rock bottom, and do they have nowhere else to go but up? That to me would be the best argument you'd have. Yeah, it was more just that these other teams are very incompetent, and the Rockies have at least been competent for the last twenty years. Whoa! Oh God! <laughs> you just ruined it. You should have quit while you're ahead. I love it's, you. It seems like I, I was never ahead with the crowd. I think you mean they, they've been. No, you were ahead because I like literally just put you on a pedestal. And then you just said, ah, screw your pedestal. <laughs> let me let me say something else stupid that I'll have Texter mad again. I think Dante's 
pointing out it hasn't been as incompetent as I think people give them the exactly. reputation The Astros for. did it multiple times. The A's have done it. Like, every other franchise has basically done it, except for the well-run ra- franchises. And at least the Rockies have been in the playoffs in the last 10 years. Exactly. Rockies have been in the playoffs sooner than the Broncos have been in the playoffs. No, that facts right there. <laughs> facts. And I think they have a better winning percentage over that time Ooh, than the Broncos do, too. So. Uh, last one from Matt and Greeley, a.k.a. the Stinkville, which is true, by the way. No sane human would ever pay to watch the Rockies for 20 bucks a month or 100 bucks for the whole season. What are they thinking? Well, they're thinking if they don't find some way to give it to you, you may just forget about them entirely. Which, that's true. Might might be better. Might be better. Matt Smith and John Davis in for Mike and Mark today. Thank you all for rocking with us this morning. We really appreciate it. As always, as always, we try and do our best when the boys aren't here. Coming up next is Judge Dan Jacobs. And before we get out of here, he told me that there's a lot of slander coming our way for takes that we had this morning. So I just want a preemptive strike. Don't believe him. He's an old crotchety man who's, you know, long since been driven crazy by the smell of barbecue sauce and a dry rub. Yeah. Have a great President's Day. Have a great President's Day. (laughs) 